Spinner. Welcome to Notebook, your guide to art, culture and tourism here in Tokyo and throughout Japan. I'm Stuart Monroe and around this time each Monday, Wednesday and Friday, I'll bring a selection of local news and views. On today's episode, we look at three exhibitions and three art centres, but first, chocolate. As consumer prices continue to rise, the price of chocolates is also on the up with Valentine's Day fast approaching. Some retailers in Tokyo are even changing ingredients to reduce their costs. And for one confectioner in Tokyo's Minato-ku, that can be anywhere between several hundred to 10,000 yen per item. One culprit would seem to be the weak yen, driving up the basic cost of ingredients and transportation, forcing the store last October to raise prices by 15% for almost everything they sell. In December alone, food prices in Tokyo rose almost 4% from the year before, while chocolate doubled that, increasing by more than 9%. So now the store faces the dilemma of either passing off the price hike to customers or reducing the quantity of what it sells in the weeks leading up to Valentine's Day in February the 14th and White Day a month later, replacing costly imported ingredients with locally sourced goods at a time when demand in Japan for chocolate is at its greatest. Meanwhile, according to a recent report by Bloomberg, Japan starts 2023 with the world's most powerful passport, allowing visa-free entry to 193 global destinations and topping the latest Henley Passport Index for the fifth consecutive year. Yet the top spot's less an indication of the passport being widely used, even as travel rebounds from the pandemic. According to Japan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs, only 24 million valid Japanese passports were in circulation at the end of 2021. Down more than 3 million from the year before, that's less than 20% of the population holding the travel document. Singapore and South Korea retain their joint second place, followed swiftly by Germany and Spain. The UK retains its pre-Brexit position of sixth, shared with France, Ireland and Portugal, all of which have moved up a position or two. The US was among the top 22 with access to 186 places. China's passport, well that's less welcome at the moment, accessing just 80. The Russian passport is better, but only slightly, able to enter 118, while Afghanistan's remains the weakest, open to just 27. So should all of this be taken with a pinch of salt, you ask? Well, the ranking published by London-based immigration consultancy differs from other indexes, like the one by Art and Capital, which places the United Arab Emirates, not Japan, in pole position. Interestingly, another poll by the firm Morning Consult, carried out last July, showed that 35% of Japanese adults they spoke to said they had no plan to ever travel abroad for leisure again. JNTO, Japan's national tourism organisation, reckons nearly 2 million travelled overseas from Japan in the first 10 months of last year. That's a long way off the 20 million that went abroad in 2019, long before the pandemic started. Lurching from one crisis to another, Japanese museums are bracing themselves for large utility bills at the end of this financial year. The Tokyo National Museum, for example, considered the oldest and largest in Japan, expects its utility bill to more than double their budget, crucial for safeguarding the 120,000 artefacts that are in its possession. But the institution claims it will have to cut back on their upkeep to make ends meet. Objects like an ancient bell from the 2nd to the 1st century BC, 
a painted folding screen from the Edo period, and one of the greatest sword blades in Japan, known as Mikazuki Munekija. When the museum contacted the Cultural Affairs Agency requesting help, the request was rejected. So spare thought for museums in the north, battling not only a loss of visitors and loss of revenue these past three years, but also battling the weather. The Hirosaki Museum of Contemporary Art in Aomori is currently visiting three past exhibitions by Yoshitomo Nara, held in the brick warehouse, before it became the art museum it is today. All these were the combination of efforts by the local community to energise the region, relatively isolated from other institutions throughout Japan, and the retrospective of sorts runs until March the 21st. Its neighbour, the Twada Art Centre to the east, is housed in a complex that blends with the belligerent weather, a complex designed by the architects Kazuyo Sajima and Ryue Nishizawa, home to permanent works by Erwin Worm as well as Ron Muick. The Art Centre currently hosts an exhibition by Ayama Mose entitled Interpreter, pursuing themes of the body, sexuality and communication, some of which focuses on female voice actors playing male characters in animations like Neon Genesis Evangelion and One Piece, and that show runs until June the 4th. All three institutions are battling the climate in one way, shape or form, but for the time being all have time on their side. Well, not so the Tokyo Art Centre 3331 Arts Chioda, which will conclude later this spring. Located in the grounds of a former public school, it holds an exhibition and series of events from this Sunday the 15th to February the 5th, looking back at its 13-year history with the centre due to close on March the 31st. At some point or other, the building's played host to countless young galleries, supported young graduates, and been a base for visiting artists from overseas. And the exhibition entitled 3331 Transformed Art Into is being described as a look back, as well as a look ahead, suggesting all is not over for the art centre, it's merely the beginning. That's it for this episode of Notebook, be sure to check in next week on Monday January the 16th. If you enjoyed this or any of the episodes throughout 2022, you can rate us on Apple Podcasts or spread the word online. You can also email the Notebook team, notebook.podcast at gmail.com for thoughts for future episodes. But until next time, thanks for listening. This has been Notebook.